Okay, let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 24 to 31. Set out now and cross the Arnon Gorge. See, I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his country. Begin to take possession of it and engage him in battle. This very day I will begin to put the terror and fear of you on all the nations under heaven. They will hear reports of you and will tremble and be in anguish because of you. From the desert of Kedemoth, I sent messengers to Sihon, king of Heshbon, offering peace and saying, let us pass through your country. We will stay on the main road. We will not turn aside to the right nor to the left. Sell us food to eat and water to drink for their price in silver. Only let us pass through on foot. As the descendants of Esau who live in Seir and the Moabites who live in Ar did for us. Until we cross the Jordan into the land the Lord our God is giving us. But Sihon king of Heshbon refused to let us pass through. For the Lord your God had made his spirit stubborn and his heart obstinate in order to give him into your hands as he has now done. The Lord said to me, see I have begun to deliver Sion and his country over to you. Now begin to conquer and possess his land. Thanks, Fred. Thank you, Linda. And uh, thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. And Lord, as I share your message this morning, I want to pray for your anointing, God. I pray that as we listen, as we share together, may you bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just quickly, let me say again, welcome. Uh, for those of us who are watching online, thank you for joining us today at Kerang Baptist Church. Um, my name is Fred Mugambi, as I mentioned earlier. And today, I'd like to share with us <clears throat> on the topic, transition. This is part two of the part one I shared two weeks ago. Transition. Part one, when I talked about transition, I talked about do not get stuck in, in your transition. Because the children of Israel were stuck for 40 years during their transition. 40 years that was wasted. The giant they saw in the book of Numbers chapter 14. Some of them said they saw the giants, the big people. I want to believe after 40 years, the giant's number had multiplied to a greater number. And I was, asking my, I was asking myself, suppose they crossed to the promised land at that particular time, probably the number of those giants would have been much, much lesser. But now after, after waiting for 40 years, 
These guys have mobilized themselves. They've trained. They've been, they've, they've been in, told that these guys are coming. So they're ready to fight. And friends, transitions happen at every stage. Many of us, or all of us may not remember, but at some point, all of us were as young as Master Liam here. A baby. Your parents did everything for you at home. Some of us crying every morning and every night and giving your parents sleepless nights. But now you are here, you've forgotten. So some of us will transition from babies to toddlers to teenagers. And some of us have gone ahead and gotten married. And some of us, grandparents and great-grandparents. Change is happening every day of our lives. Seasons are changing. This is not 2022. This is 2023. It's a different season. It's summer. Soon, autumn is on the way. And winter will be here. Spring will be coming soon. And as I said last week, <clears throat> it's very easy to get stuck in your transition. When people are talking about 2023, you're talking about 2022. When some people are buying iPhone 16, you're still with the Nokia 3310. It's a wonderful phone in a way. And the Motorola. You remember those big Motorola's? You used to, a lot of men used to put them around the, the belt here. Or Nokia 3310. Special. People have moved on. iPhone, which is the latest one? 14? I'm pretty sure 16 is somewhere. Because they know people have money. As much as we are crying, inflation is too much. We can spend something on the phone. Like I said, I shared how life can be fully changed, <clears throat> can be full of change and transition. And many times, transitions expose cracks in our journey, in our faith, in areas where we are not fully trusting God. But through the difficulty of change, we can still rely on God. Some of us will never know how impatient you are until God brings a spouse who is somehow impatient with you. And some of us don't know how tough you can be as a parent and little, little ones start coming. And you realize how angry and fast you can get. So sometimes transitions can expose cracks in our journey of faith. Because when somebody else walks into your life, they expose your weaknesses or they expose you in a different way. Today we are going to continue to look at the story of Moses and the Israelites from the Bible who experienced seasons of transitions and trials of life. 
These families experience times of frustration, pain, suffering, and difficult questions. The next one. And we to experience these seasons of transition. It is vital that we rely on God when life gets tough. During these times of transitions, measuring our next steps <clears throat> is very important. Measuring our next steps is very important. Looking back, reflecting on where you go, it's very, very key. Transitions are not only, transitions are not always easy. In fact, most of the time, they are painful. But transition is also necessary, it's vital and inevitable part of our lives. Everything is in a constant state of transition. I remember some time back when my parents died. One died in 2009, another died in 2018. As family, as children, we relied on our parents so much. Our parents were our source of unity. Our home was a place where you want to go every time. But time came, they had to go. And at the time you realize that some of the transitions that help in our journey can be so painful or they can be so joyful depending on where you stand. Some people can walk in your journey or in your life, in your space. They can walk in and walk out. You cannot hold them. You're going to let them go. Your friends, your place of work, your family. It comes a time you have to say goodbye to your family. It comes a time you have to say goodbye to friends. It comes a time you have to say, I have to go. But sometimes transitions are forced by circumstances around us, like marriage separation, death, and other key things. But the next step you take from that transition, they're crucial for your future. They're crucial for your journey of faith, of life, in everything you do. Next one. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we, we are transitioning Christ's image from glory to glory. Jeremiah told the nation of Moab that unlike Israel, they had transitioned from vessel to vessel and therefore retained a sinful test sent before God. Friends, God is moving our journey. He's moving us from different vessel to vessel. Some of us, you don't want to be where you were 10 years ago because the life you lived 10 years ago is so painful. It's full of heart. And you're telling God, please, don't give me that life anymore. I've transitioned from that life. A friend of mine told me that fashion, in one way, is a form of ugliness. The things you bought in the shop 
10 years ago for $1,000, they're no longer fashion for you. True or false? It's true. And some of us, you've never worn them for the last five years. They've been sitting in a wardrobe because they don't make sense anymore. You've transitioned to a different generation. Moses was now 120 years old, and the promised land lay ahead. He had led the Israelites out of captivity from Egypt through the wilderness for 40 years. This was like his final speech because he knew that he would not see the promised land. And the next steps after his speech were going to be very, very crucial for the children of Israel. This is somebody that these children, these people, have had them. They have had him leading them for 40 years in the over, through the challenges, through the wilderness, through tough times. Even when they did not have water, he had to crash into the rock and get them water to drink. When no one else could pray, Moses had to be lifted his hands because he was too tired even to pray for these people. And now I can imagine 120, Moses is still crawling slowly. And he knows that this time, this journey, this part of the journey is not for me. The next level of this journey is not for my age. He knows this period is not my season. He knows this season is not for me because the next level, the next chapter of these people is not my part. And he stands before them in the book of Deuteronomy and gives them the story of the journey from where they came from. And he's reminding them that the things that God did for them during the journey And this story is not to change the future for them. This story to encourage them because they are going into tough times, into different gap, into a different transition without him. I want to imagine the job Joshua and Caleb are going to face as a transition into leadership. And to encourage us, friends, that when things are happening around you, when challenges come, the last thing you want to do is to step back and isolate yourself at home. The last thing you want to do is to isolate yourself from your friends and lock yourself in the house and stay. Because the longer you stay, the harder, the longer the transition will happen for your journey. Our next steps after COVID for three, our next steps after COVID for three years and floods last year are going to be very, very crucial. We cannot stop now and assume that we have arrived. How many of us feel that they have arrived in the spiritual journey? When you sit home, you feel I'm okay, 100%. My prayer life is up there. My fellowship, my devotions are just 100% rating. How many of us have arrived? 
What are some of the steps you're taking to upgrade your journey, to lift yourself up, to energize yourself, to reactivate after the beatings and the isolation of COVID? What are things you're taking for yourself to actually activate yourself to be, a, to be at a place where God wants you to be? Israel wasted 40 years, and we've already wasted three years in lockdowns and isolation. And I want to encourage us as church, as believers, this is a time for us to rise up and take the next steps into our future. God is working. God is moving. But he also has extended grace for you and I to think. But I was saying, as I say, the longer you sit, the longer you step back, the longer the transition will stay. For some of us, maybe you've been carrying heart for a long time. People have stepped on you. We are human beings. A friend of mine told me that the church is the only place where the wounded kill and hurt their very own. And we do that many times as a church. We step on our very own. And friends, people step on you. People accuse you. People say things about you. People isolate you. But as a believer, the, 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 the hardest decision you can make is to step back or to sit down and not move forward. But I pray, even through the heart, through the challenges, through the journey, that we can learn from young children like Liam. They have switched on. They're looking at the next level of transition. That this year, this month, I want to be sitting. Next month, I'll be crawling. Next month, I'll be walking. Maybe in another three, four years, I'll be going to kindy. I remember the first time I turned 18 years old and I was given ID. I was showing everybody. I was like, I'm 18 now. I can go to those places that you told me not to go. I can walk in. This is my ID. I felt like I'm, I'm a big man. And sometimes we can take that to a different level. I've seen young men wanting to prove to be men by pushing themselves in drugs to prove their men, smoking and other three things that mess up their journey. And that's what I'm saying, the steps you take during your transition is so crucial. If you take, if you take steps that can lead you into drugs, can lead you to bad family and friends, it's gonna take so many years to reverse those steps back yourself. And my prayer today that your transition is going to be so key as you watch that the next steps you take, they're not just steps you wake up and take, they're steps that will be prayed for. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Ask God, walk with him and help him to guide you. The Lord, 
I don't make a mistake today. That I know I've done things in the past that have not been good. I've been wandering in my own wilderness, but today, God, I just want to hold you my hand. I'm not even watching where I'm going because I know, God, that wherever step, you're guiding me, you're leading me. Hold on to God. Hold on to God. Every time transitions happen in families, it could be a new Bobby joining your family. It could be getting married or, or a marriage separation. Your next steps, as I said, are very important. The children of Israel were about to, separate, to be separated from Moses after many years of leadership. But we are here today because Joshua and Caleb, the next step they took, it was not for themselves. They agreed, they prayed, they walked with God until to the promised land. Let's see how they set out. Deuteronomy 2, 24-25. The Bible says, set out now and cross the island gorge. See, I've given you into your hands, Saul, the Amorite king of Heshbon, and his country, begin to take possession of it and engage him in the battle. You know, friends, God cannot be calling you when you're sitting in the wilderness for 40 years. God is calling you because he can see progress. He can see the steps you are taking. There are steps of faith. There are bold steps. There are steps that you're allowing him to lead you and saying, see, look, I'm giving you this. I'm giving you this job. I'm giving you this opportunity to step in. I've opened this door for you to step in. But that cannot happen if you're sitting and waiting. It will never happen. God cannot open the door and ask you to grab you and carry you in. My friend told me some time back, that he struggled with his own children. children. Because many of us, we are like babies. But God has to come with a spoon and speed you. You know, round with a spoon. But how long can that happen? It's a time of transition that God believes and knows that most of us have transitioned from the spoon fed to a place where we can feed ourselves. And God is watching all of us. He reminded them in verse 25 that this very day I'll begin to put terror and fear in you, of you, on all the nations under heaven. They will hear reports of you and will tremble and will be in anguish because of you. These are those things you find when you're seated. These are things when you're in action. These are things when you make the right steps in the right direction. My prayer today, for those of us who are praying, for those of us who are dreaming, for those of us who are thinking about career, that your steps will be in the right step. And for those of us who are carrying pain, we continue to pray. It's not an easy place to be. It's not a place none or any of us want to be. 
But I pray that through God's grace, that he walk you through that slowly. He walk you through that slowly. You may begin by slowly steps of crawling like a baby. And slowly you start to run and walk and get to the place he wants you to be. So my prayer today, number one, is step out. You cannot get comfortable with where you are. Don't be comfortable. Step out. God is inviting us into a new season. Your prayer life, your devotion, your fellowships, etc. are going to be key in measuring your next steps. How is your prayer life? If you are to preach your prayer life, one out of ten, how many numbers would you give yourself? What about your devotion, your Bible reading? What about fellowship? Zero out of ten. How much would you give yourself? I was writing myself the other day and I can't even tell you it was so embarrassing for myself as a pastor. I said I need to do something. I need to step out and do something for myself. I want to remind us that where we are now is not our destiny. It's not. I remember one day I met a young man. He's, he's dead now. He died because of alcohol. That was back in 2017 when I was visiting Africa. I met a young man. He's about 18 years old. He used to drink and sleep on the road. After drinking, he sleeps on the road. One day I found him at night lying along the side of the road and I asked him, what are you doing here? He said, I'm home. He said, I'm home. And I told him, you're not home. Because I knew the parents. He said, I'm home. I'm okay. I'm comfortable. And sometimes, you know, you get in places where you feel you're so comfortable. The enemy is laughing. The enemy is enjoying you. But God is asking. God is wondering, my child, what are you doing there? This is not the place I want you to be. I know you. I have a plan and a purpose for you. Open your eyes. See the things I'm preparing for you. I want you to stand. I want you to step out and, and, and claim. Claim this land I'm giving you. Claim these things I'm giving you. Claim these gifts that I have for you. Grab this opportunity that I'm giving you. Apostle Paul said, not that I've already obtained all this, or have I already arrived my, at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. If Paul was an apostle, a gifted man, a a student, a theologian that had studied, somebody that when he moved places, people felt like God was moving, although they knew God was moving already. He's saying that I have not attained it. Who am I to tell you that I've attained it? Who am I to tell you that I've arrived? I don't even have even 50% of what Paul had in his spiritual journey. I don't have that. 
And my prayer is that we can borrow from Paul, example. <clears throat> and realize that the journey ahead of us is so far. But we want to thank God for God's grace. That he knows your capacity, he knows my capacity. He knows what you can do, he knows what I can do. His grace is sufficient. But how long will that grace be? How long? He says, but one thing I do is forgetting what is behind and straying towards what is ahead. I press on towards a goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Friends, until we get hold of that goal, until we get hold of that land, that promised place, until we step there and see the honey and milk, until we walk there, some people say, I cannot, I cannot imagine how it looks like that you don't have to sing. For those of us who love singing, you don't have to do whatever you're doing until we step there and enjoy that. We are still taking steps, one step at a time, towards that. And my prayer, that if the, any soldier here today, or you're watching me online, and you're stuck, or you've been walking backwards, some people call it backsliding, I want to encourage you to start moving forward. I want to encourage you to come. Come. He's saying come. The second thing I want to share quickly is impress a change in your steps. Change comes when you take that transition. In Deuteronomy 2, 26-28, it says, From the desert of Kedemoth, I sent messengers to Sion, king of Hezbon, offering peace and saying, verse 27, Let us pass through your country. We will stay on the main road. We will not turn aside to the right or to the left. Sell us food to eat and water to drink for their price in silver. Only let us pass through on foot. You know, many of us want to see positive changes around our lives, but we don't want to change our way of life. It's true. I'm one of them. I like change, but I don't to change much. Let me ask my wife to get me that bag. There are some books. I'll show you something. How many of us are reading this Bible? This was my, this is my older version of the Bible. I have not seen many of you carry this Bible to church of late. I don't even read it. I have it, but I don't read it. It's just too much for me. Same content, different weight. This is what I call positive change. 
This is positive change. You know, sometimes when we hear change, we think of all the negative things that can happen. But I say this is positive change. But it has gone even further. On my phone, I have close to 20 versions of the Bible on my phone. On the Bible app. In fact, I only use this when I'm preparing some messages. But we want to do my devotion, I just use my phone. But some of us are still here. They believe this is the true word of God. This one. It's true. Both this one and this one are still the word of God. You can have the same story. And you can share the same story a million times. It just depends on how you share the story. My grandfather used to tell us, I'm paraphrasing because it's deep, deep in a cultural language, so I try to explain it in English. My grandfather used to tell us that if you never, never, never had a chance to see your mom, if you never had a chance to see your mom when she was dating your father, you'll always blame your father to have wasted the dowry or the bride price. Some of us have not gotten the joke. If you never saw had a chance when your mom was that young, in her early twenties, dating your father, and now you're looking at her in the seventies and eighties, you'll blame your father for having wasted bride price. Because in many cultures in Africa, we pay bride price. And you cannot pay bride price for something that is not worthy to be paid for price. So it has to be something you really love, you respect. Something that you feel is worthy to pay the price for. And that's how women were valued, not because they were being sold. The bride price was paid because of the value you see on that person. You give something that will pain you and they will tell you an amount that you feel pain to give because of the value they put on that person. It helped us men to value the women they were marrying. But now when you're looking at your mom or your grandmom, she's 90 years old and you're wondering what on earth did my dad, you know, my grand, you know, pay for? Because we look for things different. I can tell you, most of us for this Bible, unless you're buying it for archive, you didn't buy it as your daily Bible. But I've said, same content, different weight. These are the people in Israel. These are the same people that were receiving free manna from heaven in the wilderness. And now they're happy to buy food and pay for it. What changed? Many of us will say, I'll not pay for that. God, what happened? We've been getting free, free, free food from heaven, the manna. And now you're telling us to pay for it. 
Are you crazy, God? But I want to remind us that change can be an opportunity for new experiences. Isaiah 43, 18, 19 tells us not to dwell on the past because God is doing a new thing in each of us every day. With each new experience, we can learn from the past and grow in our full potential. God is doing a new thing every day. Apart from him, the songs that now you sing, it sounds like a hundred years old. But still the same music. I said last time, the testimony that you received 10 years ago, most of us are looking at me. You know, 10 years ago, I saw the light, I saw this, it's good. But God is doing a new thing today. Are you looking forward for the new thing or you're looking 10 years ago when you saw the light? My first experience with God was in 1994. I was alone with my brother. And my brother was sick. As a young man, I didn't know what to do. I just prayed and I experienced healing for the first time in my journey. But I can live on that testimony every day, telling people how God healed my brother. It's good that God healed my brother, but God is doing something new today in different people. God is doing something new today. The revival you had in America 10 years ago, where do you call that place? Uh, where we had revival. Um, I forgot the name, sorry. I'll tell you next time. Because I know most of us had to go for that. There are people even today that have been traveling to America to experience that revival. It is a good thing if you can go, but I'm saying God is doing something new. God is doing something new. In 1988, we had the chance and the privilege of having uh, people like Reinhard Bonke in Nairobi. And I had the privilege to attend the meetings in Nairobi in 1988. But I saw things happen. I saw change. We saw God in a different way. But God is doing something new today for you and I. What are some of the new steps you're taking this year for yourself? Take, for example, a new career. It can be overwhelming to leave what is familiar and embrace the unknown. But a new career also provides that opportunities, the opportunity to build a new relationship, or new relationships and learn new things for yourself. You know, there are some people, unless God speaks 10 times, change for them is not easy. <laughs> I tell people, when God is saying it's time to move, it's time to move, move with the spirit. When God's saying, let's move north, he's saying, let's move north. If you stay, you remain. God is still moving north. He'll not stay with you because you remain behind. God is moving. God is working. 
And if God is doing a new thing, God is doing a new thing. He will not stop because I've stopped. He'll continue to do it. The last thing I want to share with us as I finish, your next steps can be measured in your obedience to God. You know, friends, you can step out. You can do so much. You can do so many things. But there's one word that will take you back, obedience. Obedience. Do you know you can even give your whole salary to the church or to the needy? You can. There are many people who do that. You can donate your house to the church and say, you know what, church, have this building for yourself. But one word, obedience, is so key in your next steps. The reason why the Israelites stayed 40 years in the wilderness, it wasn't for many things. It was for the word obedience. They refused to obey what God wanted them to do. And like I said last time, I think it's Numbers 14, that when the spies were sent to explore and spy the land, 10 people said no. This is a trick. This guy is playing us, he's Moses. I don't think that's God. But Caleb and Joshua said, you know what? We need to go to this place. This place is good. They say no. They refused. So obedience costed them. Disobedience cost them so much. So we finish by reading from verse 31 um, to 31 and 33 and then 37. The Lord said to me, See, I have begun to deliver Zion and his country over to you. Now begin to conquer and possess his land. When Zion and all his army came out to meet us in the battle at Jairus, the Lord our God delivered him over to us, and we struck him down together with his sons and his whole army. But in accordance with the command of the Lord our God, you did not encroach on any of the land of the Amorites, neither the land along the coast of Jabok, nor around the towns in the hills. This is obedience. God told them, please, don't even touch the land of the Amorite. Don't touch that piece of land. Don't touch because I've given them. And the, they obeyed. They obeyed. Yeah. God reminded King Saul through prophet Samuel that obedience is better than a sacrifice. You could never, never, and even most of us up to now, out to give Saul. Saul gave his best. But Samuel reminded them that obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes, you gave the animals, you gave what you gave, but you did not obey. Friends, today you can take any step you want to take in terms of career, in terms of your marriage, in terms of whatever your step you want to take today. But if you're not listening to God, if you're not walking with God, if you're not journeying with God, 
I'll keep you in the wilderness for many years. God is looking for people who are led by his spirit. He says, not by might, nor by power, but by spirit, says the Lord Almighty. That is God. Yeah. Apostle Paul reminded the Corinthians that walk by faith and not by sight. Meaning that even though we may not see God's working right now, we trust and believe that he is preparing us for blessings and relief from what we are facing somewhere down the road. So as I finish today, I'm challenging myself. Maybe today you haven't taken any step even to follow Christ. Because I want to believe that the first begin to begin, that your first step today, if you've never made that commitment, maybe you're watching me from home and you've never made that step to follow Christ, I'll ask you to take that first step to commit your life to him. For some of us, you made steps forward and you've stepped back 10 times. I want to encourage you today. Encourage yourself. Ask people to pray for you. Ask somebody to help you to, to stand up again and get back to the journey and walk and step in the right direction. For some of us, it may not be necessarily steps towards spirituality. It could be a step but God has been telling you to start a business. To change your career. It could be a career for some of us. For some of us, it could be transitioning from high school to college, like my young man here, Jesse and others here today. I want to encourage us that if you obey and you walk with Christ, even those places you are going as young people, I want to encourage you, walk with God. Walk with God. The Bible said the walk of a righteous man. The walk of a righteous man. We're not in vain because of God has better plans for you. Which steps are you taking this year for yourself? I want us to stand up on our feet as I come to finish. Let's stand on our feet just for a minute. And you think about your spiritual journey. The things that you're running around you, your family. For those of us on marriage, your marriage. For friends, for people, different. Think about yourself. God is transitioning us into a new space, a new season of life, new careers. But he's watching your steps. He's saying, son, daughter, how can I walk with you in this journey? Because today I want to pray for you. Today I want to pray for myself. I want to pray for us as a church. That COVID has taken our three years as a church. Floods came, took another several months as a church. We have so many challenges that have come and delayed our transition. But I'm saying as a church, we cannot sit back and, and say, God, what do we do? 
God is saying, I want you guys to step out and do something new. I want you guys to step out and see the doors that have opened for you guys for ministry, for other things as a church. So whatever you're standing, just lift up your hand and tell him, Father, I come before you this day. Hello, today, the steps I've taken for my own life, they're not even where they're supposed to be. The journey that I've taken for myself, I feel like it's too slow because where I am now, I shouldn't be there. Whether it's my prayer life, my devotion, my worship to you, God, my relationship with you. I know that I'm in a place that I shouldn't be. And today, we want to thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for baby dedication today because I've learned something from young Liam. That for many of us, we're in that place where we, we can only sit, we can't even crawl or we can't even walk. But some of us are told us now we can run a little bit. <clears throat> some of us can run, but we are not yet there where you want us to be. So today, may you guide us, God. May you help us as we make this transition to the next level. And today, there are many of us that have been hurt before. There are some of us today, you are carrying grief and pain. And you've been isolating yourself from people. You've been staying away because you feel people will not understand you. But I want to remind you today that God understands. God sees where you are. God is saying, come my son, come my daughter, because that place is not good for you. That place is not your destiny. He has a plan and a purpose for you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for myself that through this journey that you help me, that as I lead this church to the next level, that give me wisdom, give me direction, Father. The Lord will not rely on our skills. We are not going to rely on the past experience, God. We are not going to rely on the man that you gave us in the wilderness. Lord, we want to rely on your Holy Spirit that is new every morning and every day. That you are, we are going to rely on your presence that is every day with us each and every time. Not the presence we had yesterday or 10 years ago. Thank you, Jesus. As Linda comes to lead us in the last song, I want to just step aside and I'll be standing here. If you need prayer, if you need prayer, if you need somebody to talk to, I'll be standing here. Please feel free. Come and talk to me. Thank you.